Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Jaws is a movie that is often revered due to its ability to create a sense of foreboding and fear in its viewers, which purportedly led to a higher fear of going into the ocean and reduced beach, at beach attendance in 1975. Sharks are metal as fuck. They are apex predators who have been around for millions of years, have survived cataclysmic events, and are both inquisitive and intelligent. Above all, they are brutal as hell, and I'm assuming these are all part of the reason Canadian progressive technical death metal band, Eaten by Sharks, chose that title as their band name. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Chris Chaperon, the band's lead guitarist. Chris, it's good to finally meet you, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, nice to meet you too. Um, stoked to be on the uh, on the radio uh, with you and your uh, podcast, so, and to talk about some death metal and some sharks. First off, I have to say I love the shirt and the hat. Volvodini and Artspire, two of my current favorite bands, are they're incredible, so I'm looking forward to some new music. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I have a lot of Volvodinia merch. I don't know how that happened, but they just have some really good merch, man. Definitely. First thing I want to chat about, your CD release party, you guys raised some money for Sea Shepherds. So do you mind describing that a little bit for me? I'm quite ignorant in that regard. Okay. Um, so, you know, basically you, you mentioned it a little bit on your intro there, how like, you know, uh, the the movie Jaws kind of had a negative effect on like the way that sharks were perceived. You know what I mean? So um, as like we're utilizing the name as like the, it's a very violent uh, creature, you can see them doing shark attacks and all this kind of stuff. When in, in reality, they don't actually kill that many people uh, per year. So um and myself uh i'm a vegan so like i'm all about animal love like i've got uh I've got like a, a mini sanctuary here where, where i live in uh in ontario so um you know like we wanted to make sure that we we're kind of giving back a little bit too and sea shepherd's an awesome um an awesome uh like a charity that gives back to like sea creatures and stuff like that and the sharks will be one of those as well uh, so we thought it'd be a great idea to just you know uh, any of our merch that we sold we uh we dedicate we uh donated a percentage of it back to them Oh, that's an awesome idea, especially for a release party. A lot of people will be hungry for that merch, and then they'll be more willing to, I guess, buy more because they know where their money is going to go. That's true. Yeah, uh, and like like I said, uh, if anybody likes animals and stuff like that, it's like an even more uh, reason to buy a shirt or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. What does Sea Shepherd actually do? Like you said, they give back to the aquatic life essentially. So wh- where do they put their money, and how do they kind of? Yeah, I guess that's the best question. Um, you know, I'm not too sure about the uh, the the. The inner workings of that or whatnot i just know that sea shepherd's been like a big um a big charity that gives back to like any of the uh the whaling and stuff like that like uh that happens in their seas the overfishing so they go out there basically in their own boat and just kind of like uh take it to the, the the big trawlers and fishers that are out there um that are just like overfishing that area and like one of the things we talk about too like specifically with sharks like uh they think that there's this thing called shark fin shark fin soup and what they believe is like if they cut the the, uh, the fin off of the shark and put it into a soup, like it's just kind of like a traditional thing for uh, certain cultures. Uh, but then they take the, the the shark and just discard it right back into the water, and it eventually just bleeds to death. Yeah, and you know for no reason. I I, I don't think that's a great reason for them to, to die, right? No, I think if you're going to eat meat, it, sh- it should be majority of the animal. And that's why I don't disagree with hunting. But if you're just going to cut a piece of an animal off and throw it back into the wild, that's pretty stupid in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are from St. Catharines there. It's just outside of Toronto. How far of a drive is it? Uh, it's about two hours, give, and, give or take. You know, okay. Hour 45, two hours, yeah. Okay. I haven't actually passed through there, so that's why I wasn't too sure. It seems like you guys might be the only band there with like this type of music coming out of that small city. So is there much of a metal scene there, and do you often have to travel to either Mississauga or Toronto for, for shows? Um, you know what? Um, I will say that our our general area where we're from, uh, the Niagara region, I'll call it right, because it's just not just St. Catharines or St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, uh, Welland, 
um, a bunch of different places, Pelham, a, a bunch of different small towns that kind of add up to Niagara. Mm-hmm. And within there, like uh, I, we have quite a few metal bands. It's it's really cool. We have this like kind of central um, place that we play. They don't just have uh, metal bands, but they also have you know all indie all different types of music but it's called the warehouse and uh buddies of mine opened it up specifically just for uh live live shows right so it's got a bar it's got a really nice stage the sound uh system's awesome uh it's set up really nicely it's a 200 cap room and we play we play tons of uh shows out of that we bring uh bands from out of town through it as well i, I promote a couple of shows as well um and uh, it's really helped build up um our area as far as like metal bands are concerned so uh you know any given night you can have like a metal band play and there's always somebody uh you know out there to support it so um niagara region speaking it's really good and it helps as like a like an in-between show if you're going from like say uh kitchener to uh toronto you can stop in st Catharines right in between both of them and, and hit a different market so mm-hmm. that's definitely there is a uh, quite a few bands out here awesome and was the warehouse open before covid as well yeah, yeah, nice. it's, uh, it's, it's I'd say a newer venue. Um, it's been around for probably about five or six years, um, but yeah, obviously it uh, took a dive there for uh, you know the two and a half years that we had uh, no live shows. That was terrible. It's awesome to hear that it survived. I mean, a lot of local smaller venues shut down because of it. Yeah, I don't know how close they got, but you know, like you said, uh, there was a few that just shut their doors, but uh, they kept it going uh, through all the. Uh, I, I'd only assume through with the government's incentives to keep their doors open. Um, and then as soon as uh, we had that little area where, you know, a few months you could play live shows and then we went into another lockdown, which was unfortunate. But um, but yeah, as soon as it opened up again, it seemed like uh, the bands were flowing and everybody came back better with, uh, you know, I think a lot more better songs for the, for, you know, everybody's just sitting at home writing. Yeah. Well, that and then also the fans are hungry for it, too, because you haven't seen a show in so long. You just need to get out. Oh, my. Yeah, I personally <laughs> like going to shows and I went to so many shows. It was getting like a little bit. Uh, a little bit carried away <laughs> i know the feeling i haven't gone to any this year unfortunately but it's only been 10 days so yeah exactly yeah so in your area there the niagara region what are some of the more popular um metal genres uh we've got like a mixed bag um we've got uh, a couple other like death metal bands uh, we've got a black metal band um couple of night uh they, they dress up they do the whole nine they've got a really theatrical um approach to their stage show uh they got a wicked uh, keyboardist and uh singer as well it's kind of a different to have that in there so they're 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 doing really well um we've got uh we've got like dusk walker is uh, another band that uh is from around here they're just like kind of awesome so we were just chatting about uh the popular popular genres in your area and you were talking about dusk walker dusk walker yeah uh so dusk walker uh the good friends of ours um we've done uh, a few shows with them uh, they played our CD release with us, um, and they're uh, yeah they're they're definitely a band that's also trying to do it as well. Wicked. And you said they were they were black metal. Uh, no, they're like more of a like just straight ahead death metal. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Now moving back into the past a little bit, what was your introduction like to heavy music, and who were some of the first bands you got into? Um, well, back in the day, like I was always searching, um, as for, for what I could listen to that was heavier, uh, didn't have access to the internet or anything like that. Um, kind of old. So it was just <laughs> go to the CD store or go to your record store and try to, you know, find new bands. Um, and, uh, I, I started to get into obviously seeing, uh, much music and stuff like that. We would see our, uh, you know, the Metallica and all that stuff. I'm like, well, what's heavier than Metallica? Um, and, uh, what really caught me, some of my favorite bands, uh, was like, uh, Meshuggah when they first came out, mm-hmm. 
Um, they still influence me to this day. Uh, I love their approach to, you know, not just a straight ahead 4-4, but still making it, um, you know, uh, groove, right? Sometimes if you're getting into off times and uh, like challenging time signatures and stuff like that, you it gets... Um, it might get a little ahead of the, the, the listener. You know what I mean? So if you, with Meshuggah's approach, they always are able to keep four on top of that odd time underneath with their polyrhythms. Um, and yeah, th those guys definitely influenced me huge. And that just kind of led into all different types of extreme metal after that. That's quite the introduction. Most people kind of take the scenic route, I guess. And then, I mean, it all ends up in the same place, but. Yeah. So what essentially drew you into heavier music? It's like drinking black coffee. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I, all my friends were listening to it and I didn't quite understand it. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to like listen to this. I'm going to force it down my throat and see what, uh, what happens. And it's just like, I now just like black coffee. I can't get enough of it. It's just, you know, I, you know, keep, uh, I still wonder when, when's the day going to happen? Then I'm not going to be into it. And I don't think that that's going to happen. If I'm going to be dead listening to, you know, death or carcass or something like that. Yeah, no doubt seems like a life not a commitment i don't want to say but it's a lifelong endeavor i guess always searching for the next thing and always appreciating new new different styles of metal as well oh yeah and you know what like uh speaking of where you know you used to go to the record store to you know uh, try to find new music or you know bring that home there's a lot of uh, you know legwork you had to do to do that so uh, these days with youtube and spotify you can like find so many good bands out there and it's it's overwhelming how many awesome bands there are that they're just like you know just uh, that aren't you know, famous bands that are, you know, but have the CDs of doing the big tours. There's bands out there that are just as good, but they just haven't had that opportunity yet. And if you don't stay in your one lane, like if you don't just like death metal, you're going to have a hard time narrowing it down to what you actually want to listen to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I have recently got back into uh, I commute to work. So it takes me about, you know, an hour to drive. And uh, most people would say that that's bad. Um, it, it is because it takes a little bit of time out of you. But like I, I, I get to put on full albums and listen to them. So I used to be, you know, just pick a few songs here and there and put them on a playlist. Now I'm just like try to find whatever uh, band I'm into at that point, full album, put it on and just like really get into it, absorb it. Um, you know, because sometimes you listen to a song once and you think you've got everything out of it, if you keep going back to it, there might be something that you missed, especially in like, you know, extreme metal, technical metal. There's like, you know, there, there's just so many parts coming at you. You know what I mean? You might miss something and then, you know, listening to it like an hour on my commute, I'm able to really get into it. It's, uh, it's, it's really awesome. I like that. And it gives you an opportunity to wind down at the end of the day or gear up for work, kind of switch gears between work and home. Yeah, 100%. I, I try not to listen to it too much if I'm coming into work and I'm trying to think about work because then I'm just like, you know, having a fun time. I don't want to go to work. I just want to kind of stay <laughs> When you got into heavier music, were you already playing guitar by that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like when I first started playing guitar, I was into, uh, you know, alt alternate alternative music. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, Nirvana was the band that kind of made me pick up the guitar and say, oh, maybe I can figure this out and learn by ear. Um, and then, you know, got into, you know, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, all that stuff. Um, and then, like I said, like just trying to look for something heavier and then ended up going down the... Uh, the extreme metal route but i still i like you know lots of different styles of music um hip-hop um you know r&b but any kind of new metal even but uh listening to stuff like uh extreme metal is like definitely my favorite but you know like sometimes you got to give yourself a break <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like that intense like you know darkening happening all the time you know makes for a you know pretty depressive uh outlook on life i think Especially if you're uh, like absorbing the lyrics as well. Like if you're really getting into them and some of them have really negative out, uh, outlooks, but 
that said, sometimes you just have a craving for other music and you just yeah. want to rock out to that. Oh yeah. How have you learned guitar? Um, well, I started, I, I did take lessons at first, but, um, I think with, uh, like I got a little bit of dyslexia and stuff. So it was really hard to read music and play it at the same time without things getting jumbled up. Um, I always had like go back to the lesson. They'd expect me to like have practiced or something and I hadn't learned anything. And then f eventually the guitar found its way into the closet. And, uh, like I said, like I listened to, you know, some alternative music and a, a few years later, folded out of the closet and started like trying to learn by ear. So I learned a lot of stuff by ear when I'm like learning other people's songs, um, then got a few scale books and then, uh, you know, went to a couple of lessons where I more was just concentrating on like, you know, shredding stuff. Um, and then got some techniques from back in the day that I still use to this day. And now, um, just, you know, I figured that it was easier for me to write my own stuff than to, uh, like learn people's stuff by ear. And uh, that's kind of how I got into writing original music. Coming from a smaller city, were there any difficulties finding a tutor or a teacher? No, not really. Um, and we had a, a couple of local um, because St. Catharines uh, is a decent sized city. It's like a in between, you know, a, a small town and like a big city like Toronto. So uh, there were probably about three record or three uh, music stores around here. So there was always somebody that you can go to that way. Um, and then uh, just like through friends of the family, some of them play guitar as well, and I learned off of them. So I guess a lot of it, it's. It... My assumption is that it's a little bit more tight-knit than, say, somewhere like a big city. And then you also have to uh, rely more on word of mouth. Yeah, and the, the same goes for live shows too, right? So um, you'll find, like, us having, like, one of the only venues uh, in the warehouse as a, as a place to go. Um, when, when a band generally plays there, there's not a lot of competition from other venues or anything like that, right? Whereas in Toronto, uh, we played there uh, the other on... I think January the 5th, so last week or something like that. Um, it's, a, it's a great place, but there's obviously there's like lots of different things happening on the same night. So there's like some competitions to getting people out. Mm -hmm. But you already touched on how you kind of started guitar and how you began, began songwriting. So what inspired you to become part of a band? And did you originally know that death metal was kind of the route you wanted to take? Um, no, um, like I've been playing original music for a long time um, with my friends. Um, been in some different styles, definitely always uh, in the metal vein. Um, when I started out, we did have a, a death metal band uh, that it was called Man Seed. We're all like, I think 19 years old or something, right? Uh, there were like big uh, pictures of dicks with peace signs, but it was like, you know, <laughs> so adolescent uh, and funny. But, uh, but uh, that's where I learned, like, I got together with my first bunch of friends that we were all kind of knew what we were doing with our instruments. And it was like, to hear, you know, back all of our original music that, that we went to record or something like that. It was like, really, and that's where it really sunk its like claws into me. I was like, I, I want to keep doing this no matter what. This is kind of like what I am, right? Um, and uh, from there, like I went into, you know, a death, death metal band started out then uh, into a little bit of a punk rock band. And then we started in like a, I had like a new metal thing going on where it's like we had a two singers in the band. Um, and then I, I've been in like a, like a clutchy kind of band where I was singing for that one. Um, and then we went into, uh, uh, now, now we're, we started eating by sharks, I think around 2011 or 12 or something like that. Um, and uh, that's where we started like, you know, getting into more of that stuff. And then, uh, we broke, we went on a little bit of a hiatus for a bit. And then, uh, we just came back recently around about uh, 2018, I think started writing some new stuff. And was the same group of friends that you were playing back, uh, playing with back then, are they members of eaten by sharks now, or is that a different group? Um, 
I would no, definitely not. Uh, but uh, the one guitar, uh, my my guitar is Dan. Uh, we've been playing in a few different bands. Um, we've been playing in bands for about like I think fifteen. 15 years maybe even longer than that um so he wasn't in the first band that i made but like he's been with me for a ride for quite a long time okay you already touched on that you started in about 2011 and your first ep dropped in 2013 titled we need a bigger boat yeah so a couple questions around this but first off i want to ask and this is an assumption of mine but the direct inspiration for that title at least came from the movie jaws right yeah Awesome. Like you said, you had a hiatus for a couple of years there. What was the, if you're okay with discussing it, what was the reason for that and why the return? Um, well, it was uh, our singer at that point. Uh, we have a different singer now, Matt Sheriff. Uh, we had a guy named Jay Windecker. Um, he was from Hamilton. Uh, that's about 45 minutes away from where we live. Um, and he would commute to practices and stuff like that. And he was also like in a few different bands uh, that did well. So he had some connections and it was great to put, uh, like I knew a little bit about booking and so did he. So we were right out, right out of the gates. We had a ton of shows. Uh, we played a ton that year. Um, but uh, what happened was he was having some health problems and uh, we had to cancel a few shows. We had to play a few shows without him on, on vocals. Uh, but we just didn't want him to be, you know, around and have an episode happen. And then all of a sudden something, you know what I mean? There's some things that are more important than the band, totally. right? So your health, oh, of course. One of them. So, you know, it, uh, it was just getting more and more frequent. And uh, we felt like, you know, maybe it's, maybe we should, uh, you know, like go without Jay, see what we can do. We tried to get a new singer, but Jay's shoes were hard to fill because he was such a great guy um, and awesome singer. So it just kind of, we started, the band started splitting up and going into playing in different bands. Like our bass player went and played a band called Wretched Pain. Uh, me and Dan and the bass player started a, a band playing um, uh, kind of like, just like, um, I would say like kill switch engage kind of type stuff. Um, but it was like, uh, you know, we were called Blackheart at that time. Um, and then Justin and I would still, or my drummer, the drummers that's with us now we would uh we'd still get together and like still jam and say you know maybe we'll make a hardcore band maybe we'll make a metal band we just kept like going back to the eaten by sharks riffs and it was just like one day we we're like well let's not try that let's see if we can get everything back together and see if everybody's into it and see if we can find a vocalist uh we ended up finding matt um on uh on facebook like he he runs with some acquaintances of mine uh back in the day and uh we he was friends of mine on facebook and we happened to see him doing like an arc spire cover uh, and I was like, wow, this guy's got some skills. Let's reach out to him and see what happens. And uh, next thing you know, uh, we're jamming. And it's been like, you know, five years maybe since uh, since then. And he works out great. Got a great attitude, fits in with all the guys. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. But uh, for this one, it did. Well, I'm glad you guys are back. And I hope Jay as well. Yeah, he's good, actually. I uh, just talked to him the other day. Uh, he, uh, he's actually uh, like doing really well. Um, he's getting back into booking some shows and he's got some, he's doing some lighter stuff. Um, I think I can't remember the name of the band, but, um, he, he's doing some like clean singing and stuff and it sounds really good. Okay, cool. I'll definitely have to take a look and see if I can find what he's doing. You're essentially one of the brain childs, brain children, I guess, behind Eaten by Sharks. And there is a, a massive amount of time there where you didn't really do much as far as releases go. So for you, what are some of the biggest differences between the EP and your newest album? Well, the EP was uh, sort of like the starting of what we wanted to do, right? So um, there was definitely wanting to get into the studio before we took our, our hi hiatus, but unfortunately we didn't get into that, right? So that EP is just like us uh, like having our first brainchild songs and like what we've got going on, what our um, approach was, which was, you know, let's just play as many riffs as possible in a song and never go back to it and just 
say that's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? And if somebody says, well, that's too heavy or it's too confusing, we're like, well, job well done. That's what we're going for. But uh, <laughs> uh, we matured a little bit since then. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, with this new one, we it is it does move around a lot. Uh, there is some aggression uh, within the songs, but uh, there's a little bit more structure, I feel, uh, in these songs than there are in the first bunch. And of course, uh, we when we, we decided we were going to like record this to the best of our ability. So we had a guy, that uh, a friend of ours, Liam, Frith, um, he is uh, uh, he's a promoter. He plays in a few different bands too, um, and he had recorded with uh, Christian Donaldson from Cryptopsy. So he, um, we reached out to Liam and said, "Hey, can you talk to Christian and see if he'd be into you know or prime him and say like, hey, we're going to reach out to him and, and ask him if we can do a, an album with him." And uh, he did that for us, and Christian was ready. We talked to him, and then we started that process of going to record with him. So. Um, we spent uh, like a week and a half at his place, uh, tracking and all that good stuff. Um, and it was a great experience. We really uh, pre-proed it before amongst ourselves. I've got a small little recording session uh, in my basement in here. Um, and we're, uh, you know, we, we were prepped, ready to go. And when we did it, like it was just like, you know, um, it, it was a very uh, interesting experience, especially doing it through Christian, like, uh, like, like even Volvadinia, right? So he recorded that band. I didn't really know that. <laughs> and then I'm listening to the band. I'm like, hey, this sounds pretty good. Christian, what do you think about these guys? He's like, oh, yeah, I just mixed that album. I'm like, that's pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, like, so uh, whereas in the past we would go to record or any bands I've been into record, we would come with, you know, this is what we kind of want to sound like. We'd have like a couple different albums to show them of like what we're shooting for for a sound wise. But with Christian, it's just like, just make it do your thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, um, he's going to do like, he's pretty much tops and the genre that we're trying to, you know, uh, break out in. Right. So, uh, it was awesome to link up with him and get everything going on. And that's the, like, we went to a, a good friend of ours for our first recording, uh, bringing it all the way back to that. Right. So, um, and we we're just kind of, you know, DIYing it like weekend warriors, that kind of stuff. But with this one, we really took it seriously. Uh, the songs that we pre-proed as well, we have like some of them have like 13 different versions, you know what I mean? Until we finally got the one that everybody was happy with and then, you know, moved on from there. So uh, that's, I, I think you can definitely tell the difference in uh, a sound, you know, sounds much better than the, our first one. And then the, you know, the songwriting wise, we definitely pushed ourselves with songwriting, like in between that time of like 2013 and when we went on hiatus to 2018 and started writing again, I'd been writing in all these different bands. I probably wrote like 26 different songs. So I was really pushing myself on writing and that kind of filtered into the way that I was writing before with Eaten by Shark stuff. Now this new like, you know, approach into like progressively putting it together a little bit better with transitions, sticking around on some riffs that made sense. And that's where we are uh, with the new album. So short story long. <laughs> <laughs> so in growing and maturing as a musician, what are some of the things that you did want to keep consistent between your EP and your latest album? Um, definitely still wanted to keep a couple sweet picks in there. So uh, just to kind of have a little bit of flair here and there, like as far as like technicality is concerned. Uh, but I kind of joke, that's a little bit of a joke, but trying to keep that technicality still in there. So we're... You know, we kind of mess with some uh, some off times and that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, bringing that into the the new stuff definitely. Like, if you listen to it, it's not always on four. There are some parts that are straight straight ahead four four, but we do kind of mess with some off times on it. So that's kind of a consistency with that, and definitely bringing that little bit of a tech aspect as well. We kind of walked away from like going to traditional like breaky down kind of stuff, whereas like on our first EP, there were some clear 
here's the breakdown. Oh, they're going to ride this one out for a bit and like really send it home. But in this one, it's just that we didn't kind of, you know, just like every song has to have that, you know, here comes the breakdown. Here's the China. Let's get into it type thing. Um, just kind of, you know, straight ahead songwriting and see, see how it goes. That's awesome. I like how you can pick apart both questions and answer it so fully. It's great. With the change in music also came a substantial change in your logo. So was this kind of like a new a re-entry into the world of death metal? And who did you work with on your logo? Oh, you know what? I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> you know, what? like in this day and age, there is so much out there that you can, uh, you know, find for a decent price and so much talent out there as well um, with the Instagrams and the social media and all that stuff. Right. So um, I just, you know, got into looking through different like pages and, uh, all, all the different, like there are lots of guys going up there. Hey, check out my, I can make a logo for your band, all that stuff. Uh, we, we ended up linking up with, uh, with a guy that, you know, just going through all the logos that he had done. And I liked the way that he kind of took the band name, like idea in some of the logos and kind of fit it in there. So when I said, Hey, we're eating by sharks, we kind of want to stack the logo instead of just the straight across, like kind of like, you know, more of a circle than a, like a, a long strip. And, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I can do something with that. And then I was like, we're eating by sharks. We'll see what you can do with it. And then when he came back with it, I was like, gee, that is, that's awesome. I love the way that you can like see a little bit of a shark in there, like biting, uh, the, the eaten by the byword right there. Um, and like all the little, like, uh, uh harpoons and stuff coming off of it like the guy did a great job and it's like i i don't really i sometimes it takes a while like you might have to go through a couple different logos until you find that one that's cool but that one was just like yeah it's done yeah i i loved at first like when i look at it from a distance it looks just like basically a, a shark jaw but then when i blew it up and i looked closer i saw the harpoons the ropes all that kind of stuff and then the teeth it really stood out for me so that was really cool so we already touched on the fact that you worked with Chris Donaldson of Cryptopsy. How was it to work with him? And did you seek him out specifically or is that something that you kind of came across by chance? Yeah, like I said, uh, we did seek him out um, just kind of going through uh, when we were gearing up to figure out who we we're going to record for the for the for this album. Um, you know, we kind of looked at some local guys. We looked at some places that we've been to before. Um, but, uh, you know, and then there, there was the, the crypt the cryptopsy angle with um you know my buddy liam had done some stuff there and then all the other stuff that he had been doing um and uh yeah it was just reached out to him and we did seek him out and uh, he got back to us and uh i still talk to him to this day like, because we are able to hook up with him when he's kind of in between um air uh the studios that he was working at so he said hey he sent me an email after we had booked and we get everything set up we had put a damn deposit down uh, had a date to go and he's like hey something's changed um instead of you staying at the studio would you guys be okay with staying at my house and we're like uh christian Dawson's house cryptopsy guitars yeah that'd be cool <laughs> right so we basically lived with him for you know uh, for the week and a half right uh you know jumping in his car driving down to go pick up like drum mics from his buddy's place and you know what i mean so it's like hanging out with his kid hanging out with his wife his wife's awesome too sarah and she's does all like his social media and stuff like that too. So she um, actually helped us out a lot. It was like we we're recording, but then we'd be hanging out outside doing, having a barbecue and she'd be like kind of teaching us some stuff on social media and what to do and that kind of stuff. So it was really cool. And uh, we made a great relationship with our uh, great contact with him. Like I said, I still talk to him to this day. Uh, we both really enjoy craft beers. I think that's something that uh, we both connected on. Uh, and I'll send him pictures of like what I'm drinking today, that kind of stuff. Right. So well, that's awesome. Yeah, it was definitely really cool. And we've made some good contacts out of him. He's pushed some stuff our way that's helped out too. So definitely totally. good. 
it's a way more personal approach than just say sending the album to somebody and having them return it whenever they're done and it seems like a great way to establish like a memory that that comes with the music like whenever you look back at your album you'll say i know exactly what happened at this time it wasn't something that is nondescript and not really not really worth remembering you know man dude that's exactly what we were going for you know what i mean like it's like be you know, we didn't have a record label giving us any money to go do this. And it's quite expensive, right? Um, especially like reproducing yourself, getting the artwork, all that. It all starts adding up money real quick. So we all invested in it and we looked at it as like, you know, I pitched it to the guys. It's like, this is going to be one of the times of our lives. Like, you know, you could sit around and do nothing and hold on to your money and spend it on your bill, spend it on like, a you know, something you got to fix on your car or something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, if we sit down and invest money, do it smartly, uh, we could do some really cool killer things. And uh, that's been kind of the journey so far. And it all started off with uh, making the investment and uh, going up to Montreal, living there for a week and a half and recording this album. So that's a really cool way to enter that um, that realm of things. And now you guys are signed with CDN Records. So what does that partnership look like for you? Um, so we, um, we got, uh, a friend of ours, cannibal cam, cam Schwartz. He, uh, he was, uh, he works with Canadian records. Um, and he's good friends with, uh, with the guy who runs it. And he reached out and said, Hey, my, these guys I know are a really good band. Uh, you should check their stuff out. And, uh, and he liked it and got a hold of us and, uh, we, we signed with them for, uh, like distro and all that stuff. So, um, I can't wait to work with them and get that uh, stuff all figured out. Um, but uh, right now we're just kind of work, still working things out, like how it's going to look for us to do a re-release with them. Uh, Cause he's going to uh, re-release it under his label, um, put his stamp on our, our, uh, our cover as well. So um, that's going to be really cool, but uh, that's just kind of, we're waiting to, to see what we want to do for planning for that. There's a lot of talking right now with him, but uh, other than that, uh, we're just you know, in the meantime, trying to play as much as possible. I didn't actually realize that you released this independently until you had just said it. So you signed afterwards. Is that also partly, well, you, never mind. You covered that because you said that they really enjoyed what you put out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you guys have like a partnership moving forward as far as how many records you guys are going to do, or is it kind of a case by case basis? Uh, it's a case by case. We're going to do one big printing um, and then see how that does. And if it does well, or if we need more, we just reach out to him and uh, we've got a pretty good deal as far as like, um, how much it's going to cost to make more and stuff like that. Like he pretty much, obviously with his record label, he, he fronts the money for it and he starts working, man. That guy, as far as like uh, metal in, in Canada, like uh, death metal, especially like he's like, he's the guy. So, um, and just talking to him, he's a very positive dude and he's very into like what he does. He's like, this is like a passion project for him as well. Um, and uh, like for, it's kind of the same as what we're doing with our band. So they definitely were both shooting for the same thing. And like, I think marrying those two, things up together is going to make it better for both of us. I really like how they have a lot of Canadian bands on their list. Um, I'm not really sure if every single band belongs to the country, but I like the partnership between bands and labels that come from Canada. It seems like we don't have many of those. Yeah, for sure. Like if you try to research it, there's not too much, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, like there's an offshoot of Dine Alone that's like uh, Damage Records or something like that. Um, they do a lot of like uh, that new school heavy stuff that's uh, really popular. Um, but uh yeah, yeah, there's not too much out there. But, but the CDN does like some death metal, like some just dirty, dirty death metal. Yeah, it's good. One of their other latest releases that I quite enjoyed was uh, Immortal Possession, The Resur Resurrectionist. That was yeah. pretty heavy. And I saw them originally at Loud as Hell last year. And it just like, Loud as Hell had a really good variety of metal, but I love the just the old school death metal feel. So when 
I think the first night Votov played, I could be wrong. They're both the same members, but they come up on stage and it was just that crushing, intense death metal. And I was like, this is exactly what the festival needed. And it was just mind blowing. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I went, uh, I went to go see a show in the States just, uh, over the, uh, the Mohawk place it's called. It's this, it's just one of my favorite places to go see some bands in the States, just right across the border from us, like Niagara Falls, US. Um, and, uh, there were a bunch of Canadian bands on that one too. Um, yeah, it was really nice to see. And some of them were for, from uh, bands that were from the States too. So really cool. Do you often just travel across the border for shows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to go see shows, yes, um, but we're in the works now getting the band over there. But it's a little bit tricky because you gotta, you can't go over there unless you have like a, like the right permits and all that good stuff. And it's 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 getting more and more expensive. Um, but uh, we're definitely you know there's a way to get over there without having to you know have all the permits. You just kind of you know put a guitar in the back and say, oh, what's that doing there? Yeah, I'm just going to see my buddy. And then all of a sudden you go see you play a show and borrow other people's equipment, right? So, but the goal is for us to get over into the States uh, this year. Uh, we've got some, some things booked, but it's just working out all the logistics of like how we're going to get over and all that stuff. Everybody's got to make sure that their passports are up to date and stuff. There's a couple of guys that, you know, they kind of uh, lapsed on them. So we got to go do that stuff. So, you know, lots of work, but should be, should be good. What kind of permits do you need? Is it basically uh, two questions here? What permits do you need? And is the reason behind the permits because you're technically like working? Exactly. So it's like okay. a kind of like a temporary, um, not green card, but something it's a temporary work per visa. That's what it is. Right. Um, and just reading it, like I'm probably going to screw this up, but um, you have to already know what shows you're, you're planning on playing uh, when you go to apply for it, right? So you have to spend X amount of money and then uh, as a chunk as for the band, and then each member has to pay each extra member. So if I, there's five people in the band, so you have to pay four extra times, um, like a, another fee on top of that, right? It's a little bit cheaper, but it still ends up like you gotta you know, like save you spend 500 bucks and 150 bucks per guy that adds up really quickly and it's only good for a year. So you got to make sure that if you're going to do this, that you've got all your duckies in a row and all your, all your, uh, all your shows lined up. So then you can go and play all these shows. Cause then after, if you book shows after that, then you're going to apply for a new environment or whatever. Right. So, um, it's a little tricky, but like, I think one off show would be really cool, but like to get in there and do a bunch, you got to make sure that you've got, you know, a little mini tour going on for sure. At least. Yeah. And to make the, the price worth it, you almost have to book a tour because you don't, you would have to pay for just a one-off show. So if you wanted to do that once every couple months. Yeah. You kind of have to know, right? I know you already discussed at length, like the, the origin of your name in previous interviews. I'm wondering more about how you chose your subject matter and your lyrical content, not necessarily the sharks in general, but the horror and gore is there, but it, and it's all nautical based. Why did you choose this route rather than the typical gory lyrics that you'd find in bands like Cannibal Corpse or Bloodbath? Um, I think uh, we kind of fell into it. You know what I mean? Like uh, when we were first, putting the band together, a friend of ours um, was going to be the singer. Um, and he had the vision to say like, hey, Eaten by Sharks going to be blast beats and breakdowns. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And then the more and more I thought about the name, I'm like, that name is like killer. There's so many things you can do with it. Um, and uh, then as we as we, you know, moved on, actually got the, the members that were going to be permanent uh, in the band. We, we kept the name. I made sure Dave was cool with us keeping it. And then, uh, you know, as we go through everything and like uh, I'm writing songs, I just kind of like get into the the vibe of what I'm writing. And then I'll just kind of have a, a working title. The working title is always something to do with a shark or nautical or something like that. Right. And then I give it to Matt 
a Matt then takes, I didn't expect him to do this, but he, he takes the, the idea that I put and then kind of write, writes a, a story around that. And that's how we come up with our, our songs. So um, it's kind of interesting that he would like take that, like, because it's actually, it's funny because that's how I feel that, that the name that comes out, that's like kind of what my feeling is. And then it's like, okay, that's what my vibe is. And then he can change it to whatever the lyrics should be. And then he's like, no, I'm going to keep going with that. Cause that sounds like the vibe of what the song is. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you'll ever be creatively limited because you are kind of stuck in the nautical realm or is that something that you feel has plenty of material, let's say? I, you know what? I think about that, right? So um, th we're still, uh, like I said, we've got like the, the first EP and then this like album out. Uh, we still got a lot of room to work with. There's like some ideas of like world building and trying to get into like, you know, uh, an overall theme, like a story maybe throughout the whole uh, album for the next one that we got coming up, right? So whether we just go popping one-offs for some really campy kind of uh, shark names or whether we just kind of still keep it like tongue-in-cheek, but like go through the whole thing and make a, a, a like a story arc with the lyrics. Matt's definitely, um, uh, a, 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 he's definitely can do that because he reads books and stuff. I noticed like he reads books, none of us do. So he's <laughs> the good guy to do that. Um, uh, but yeah, like he, it's, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. Right now, we're just kind of concentrating on the, uh, you know, booking as many shows as possible and, uh, you know, uh, getting everything, getting the band out there with this late, uh, the latest release. Okay. You've also talked about where your inspiration comes from as far as the lyric storytelling goes. Um, I'm wondering if you have any other inspirations that aren't necessarily from shark-based or nautical-based outlets. Uh, not, not really. Um, I'd say, like, probably um, I'm pretty upset with uh you know the way that humanity like kind of tears everything apart so that's you know that's kind of a going theme in in metal as you know as a genre right so that definitely gets me going definitely like you know your personal relationships and things that happen to you that get you down and stuff like that kind of leak into some of the the stuff that you write but uh that's for something more that where, where matt would take those things and put them into the the content of the song whereas like i'm just putting the music together and like sometimes if you're like feeling a little bit pissed off you might get a little bit more of a you know a grindy vibe out of your riffs or something like that but uh yeah okay earlier you mentioned uh liking craft beer what are some of your favorite types oh um i do like uh i do like sours um i have been like getting into that a little bit recently like a like a berry sour or something like that um not for everything but um i, I do like a good session ipa as well um i'm trying to get into something that's like less alcohol content yet still tasty just so uh, my night lasts a little bit longer you're not really going to do that with sours though aren't they generally a little bit higher in alcohol uh, I've, I've been able to find some, uh, like one I tried yesterday, I threw it out already, but uh, it's um, it was a five percenter, so it okay. was interesting. Do you have any breweries in St. Catharines there? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, in well, in the Niagara region, we definitely have some. Okay. Yeah. Which breweries are some of your favorites in, in your local area? Uh, I do like Oust. There's, uh, we have Oust in Niagara-on-the-Lake. That's got a really good restaurant connected to it um there's obviously steam whistle that's uh in and around the toronto area um i do enjoy that um and uh there, we have a, like a local uh place called the merchant ale house which is actually a brewery in itself and they uh cook the cook up all their own craft beers and stuff like that there so they have a one called old town hockey and uh, they also have a, a like a blueberry it's called blueberry something it's like a, an american wheat ale that's really they're really uh uh, kind of famous for making that one that they're trying to produce as well is this steam wheels a brewery just right uh still right by the ecn tower yeah 
okay, they haven't moved then. It's been uh, quite a few years since I've been down that way, but I remember going up to the CN Tower and then just walking over to the Steam Whistle and enjoying a couple of beers. I think yeah. that was more memorable than the tower itself. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I walked up the tower before for like some charity event or something like that. And I was like, I was dying. And then I, as I came around a corner, I was like, I was talking to uh, me and the wife were doing it. And I was like, I was getting really anxious. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this close spaces. And as I came around a the corner, there's a guy who probably has cerebral palsy. He was just pulling himself up the steps. I'm like, uh, if this guy can do it, I need to step up here. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible for some people like that to be able to do that kind of thing and do it with absolutely no help. Yeah. Yeah. That there's so there is some good in humanity, right? That that oh, I totally. love stuff like that, you know, that makes me feel good, but uh yeah. It's just unfortunate that the negative is far more visible and more impactful than the positive. Yeah, well, I the media is just so like bad at like just stoking that fire like if there's anything going on oh this is gonna you know get drive more hits get more likes whatever they're you know um and it's uh yeah it makes for you got to get yourself off social media sometimes and just like you know breathe a bit like you know get outside do some stuff where it's like not like always chaos in your mind looking at all these different images like i um, on my uh, feeds i've got a lot of like bands and stuff like that so it's cool to see lots of music and stuff like that but like some of the especially facebook can get so negative like with everybody at each other's throat nobody's wrong you know everybody can like back themselves up with any kind of uh you know uh, research that they do right so it's kind of you go nowhere right and it's part of the problem that you you talk to people people talk to each other on social media in no way shape or form that they would do in real life there's just no way they would have that demeanor that tone say those things or else they could probably get punched in the face right uh, people uh, a friend of the friend of mine said you know like with, especially like i work in retail right so when the customer comes in they're having a bad day they just come and tee off on a guy who's like in retail because they think that they're never going to run into this person again you know what i mean it's like that kind of attitude is just a shitty attitude man yeah, and you can't get anywhere throwing insults around and just attacking people all the time. Yeah, yeah. one of these days you're going to get your car keyed. <laughs> no, no doubt, or your yeah. tires slashed, or both. Yeah, yeah. Now going back to sharks a little bit, I read also that you're a fan of horror, uh, shark horror movies. Yep. Do you have any recommendations? Um, shark, well, um, I, we're, we're kind of fans of the, the Sharknado because they're so brilliantly put together. Uh, it's got the one guy from Beverly Hills 90210 in there. Uh, I figured it, that, uh, you know, his career was done, but it's definitely come back with that uh, that whole genre of Sharknado. I don't know if they're at like six now or something, but it's definitely a good one to check out if you're into, you know, crappy movies. I did really like the uh, the Meg that came out. That was kind of interesting to see the big dinosaur. Um, but yeah, shark. there's one called Shark Octopus or something. It's like a shark and an octopus in one. <laughs> Perfect. That's crazy. It sounds cheesy, but it sounds like something you'd be into if you're looking for like a shark horror movie that's right yeah you gotta deviate from the basic uh shark attack in the water kind of thing yeah but what else can you do right <laughs> yeah well that's true um there was a video game that came out called man eater and it's kind of like an rpg but it's uh you're a shark and you go around just eating people but you get to put on like different armors you get to put like a laser on your head you get bigger you get uh sharper teeth or whatever i'm not really sure i didn't play it for too long but it's pretty fun for a while you can do like jumps and tricks and stuff yeah, sharks with lasers. That sounds, uh, yeah. Sounds it's fantastic. Like, yeah. Who are some of your current favorite bands and genres? Um, current favorite? Uh, let me see here. So um, I I do like, um, have you heard of the band Loathe from the UK? 
I haven't yet, but I will look them up. No, uh, I'm a fan of like the Deftones and stuff like that, right? So they kind of there's this bunch of like bands out right now that are kind of mimicking that vibe that the Deftones had, um, but uh, but doing it their own way, right? It's kind of like they influenced like a bunch of people, right? So Lowe is from the UK. I just actually went to go see them in uh, in Toronto at the Opera House. They they're they're amazing. They're a really good band. Um, very, it's a like I said, it's a death tonesy, so it's not very like death metally, um, but uh, uh, definitely liking the uh, the Volvedinia stuff. Um, their new track that they put out there is just sounds so crazy. Have you heard it? I have. It's really good. Yeah, I had the. I didn't really like them the first time I heard, but I wasn't really into slam at that time, and I guess it could be considered brutal death metal as well. I don't really know the difference to be honest. But then I saw them live, and just the way they performed propelled me right into their music, and I haven't stopped listening to them since. Yeah, I really got into their their album um, they just released, or not just released. It was like a few years back, uh, but it's it's like the whole album is like this big long story of like well this creature that lives in like the universe or something is trying to eat the universe to get revenge. It's like they go so deep in, into like these things with it. It's like wow, that's you know I didn't think that at all. Now I started reading the lyrics and seeing what he was talking about, and it's uh, there's a lot of different levels of different things you can take out of that band for sure. Yeah, and they did a split EP with uh, Acrania, and they actually changed the name of the band to incorporate both, so they called it Volvocrania. I thought it wow. was a cool little twist on things. I know that splits are quite popular in metal, but I've never seen like a name combination like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's good to, you know, seeing things like that. Like, I saw a band, uh, I think it was like Brand of Sacrifice or something like that. Is there, there uh, they did like a collab with another band and had like some of the same merch and everything going on. So that's merch is a big game now too, especially for like death metal bands. Like there's so much stuff, so much good stuff out there. Like you can spend uh, a lot of money on like an indie merch store purchase and just like get a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Brand of sacrifice is fantastic too. So my last question for you today, Chris, there is um, for people looking for your music, where is the best place for them to find it for you guys? Um, so definitely if you're looking to purchase anything, I would say go to our band camp. So, uh, just go on the band camp and just search for in by sharks will be the first band that comes up. Um, if you wanted to check out any of our video stuff, like I said, go into, uh, go on to YouTube and just, uh, search eaten by sharks band. If you search just eaten by sharks, you end up with a lot of people getting eaten by sharks, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, one of these days, hopefully, we'll take over that whole algorithm. But um, uh, and then we're on all the socials too, so uh, you could definitely check check us out on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on TikTok, on Twitter as well. Awesome! Thank you again for joining me today. Awesome! Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.